Hello all, thank you for joining me on today's podcast. It is March the 2nd, 2021, and I am your host, Brandon Kraft. This podcast is found exclusively on Sermon Audio and on the Pristine Grace website. If you'd like to be updated as to when I upload a new podcast or go live via Sermon Audio, please download the Sermon Audio Church One app and select Pristine Grace as the broadcaster you'd like to subscribe to. You can find this app in the Google Play and the Apple App Stores for your phone. It's a handy way to get notifications. Additionally, I send out a devotional email from time to time that contains short articles from various authors. Just just a little something here and there to remind us of Christ and his gospel from time to time. So feel free to sign up for that mailing list at pristinegrace.org. Alright, so let's go ahead and get into it for today. I just wanted to say it's a lovely day here in Kentucky. Uh, there aren't going to be any more podcasts this week either. This is going to be the only one you get. I'm not going to produce another one until maybe a little bit after Sunday, March 14th. I have a another message I have to be delivering at that time. And um, I'll be posting that to Sermon Audio as well. So, let's see, uh, last week, oh, yeah, last week. It, w- it was a rough week for me, somewhat. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to complain about anyone in particular. I'm not complaining at all. But, but let's just say that I was accused of being a heretic again. Oh boy, if I could count the, the number of times I've been called a heretic. It's getting old. Uh, this time it was by an individual who's been attacking me uh, online for a long time now. I had him on block, but what happens is, is he's made it his, or he did, He it was his goal, I think, it, to uh, to besmirch my name at every single opportunity that arrived. However, I think we finally came to a resolution between me and this other gentleman, and uh, for that I'm forever thankful. Actually, I think he's a brother. I think he's a brother. I just think he's just... He was just caught up with something, and uh, that's the way uh, that's the way we uh, people can be. Those who've been redeemed and blood bought, sometimes we we can sin grievously against one another, and that's not a good thing. It's not good when people who agree on the gospel fight so strongly over things that don't affect the gospel. Uh, and but I guess it's part of our human condition. All right, so this heresy charge that I faced for a long time, it's, it's one that really mystifies me. Uh, it, it bewilders me. I haven't been able to quite figure out why people are so uh, strongly attached to this one. All right, and it's about canon. Church canon, that is. Do you know what I'm talking about? What is canon? Well, I did a little word search on Google and I found very de- various definitions as to what the word canon could actually mean. Canon can mean one of the following. Uh, an ecclesiastical rule or a law enacted by a council or other competent authority like the Roman Catholic Church and approved by the people. 
All right, no, I'm, I didn't write that definition. I'm just, I just looked it up. I'm just repeating it. Uh, number two, is, it's a body of ecclesiastical law. That's what canon means. That's one possible definition. Another one, number three, the body of rules, principles, or standards accepted as axiomatic and universally binding. This is canon. This is binding. It's axiomatic. Four, a standard or criterion. Number five, a fundamental principle or general rule. And number six, the one that most people uh, that I know believe what canon refers to is the books of the Bible recognized by any Christian church as genuine and inspired. So what we call the Bible that really is another word for canon. But what does the Bible say about, well, the Bible? If you search the Bible for the word Bible, or canon for that matter, you're not going to find any results. <laughs> it, the word simply cannot be found. So, so the word canon and Bible are really in themselves extra scriptural they're not found in scripture and uh, i would say even the concept of canon and bible are extra scriptural as well now i'm not attacking the divine inspiration of the scriptures i believe in strongly in the divine authority of the old and new testaments but the idea that there's an ecclesiastical law or council that has to get together to make the scriptures authoritative well that i i simply reject so we so we have to ask ourselves how did the bible as we know it come about and how did the concept of canon form amongst us well for centuries what you and i revere, revere as our uh, as our bible it simply didn't exist in its current form many believers for for hundreds of years simply didn't have the luxury that we have today we we don't they didn't have the luxury of of grabbing an iPad or 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 a, a, a book and carrying around with them the scriptures as we know them today okay many of them didn't even have access to the scriptures and if they did it may have been only a few books here and there okay so they certainly didn't have access to all the 66 books that are part of our Protestant canon. Now, now this, of course, obviously changed in history from the Reformation onward, recent history uh, from the Reformation onward. But prior to the Reformation, it was simply unattainable for most people. The only people who had access to the scriptures were uh, priests and monks and and religious men that have been set up by religious institutions. Most of these institutions, for that matter, were anti-gospel, anti-Christ. All right, the Roman Catholic Church has always been an anti-Christian, in my opinion, organization. And they, this anti-Christian organization, controlled access to the scriptures. But for centuries, men in these in these anti-Christian Churches, they, they debated each other as to what was canon and what was not canon. 
So the idea of canon, it's an it comes from uh, the Roman Catholic institution or the uh, the uh, the uh, the early church. Okay, if you were to walk into a Roman Catholic church though today, you might be surprised to learn that they use a different canon. They have extra books that are commonly referred to as the Apocrypha. And the word Apocrypha, I actually looked it up. It means a writing or statement of dubious authenticity. Augustine said the word means obscurity of origin. That, but that does not mean it's useless. It, it simply means obscure and therefore cannot be part of the higher canon. It's part of the lower canon, but not the higher canon where we can be absolutely sure of its origin. And for hundreds and over a thousand years, the church debated over what should be part of the higher or the lower canon. What should be part of the Bible and what should be part of the Apocrypha. Okay, Men in their disputes, they managed to get along even while disputing and debating uh, the, the canon. But the canon that we have today, the canon that we use in our churches, the one that you probably grew up with, the one that you can find in hotel, hotel rooms across the nation, well, that has an interesting story as well. And I'm astonished by the number of people that have not really thought about it. I'm also astonished by the number of people that cannot explain to me why they believe the Bible and why they are content with the books that are in this compilation, this compilation of books called the Bible or the canon. And most people, if you were to ask them, why do you believe these 66 books are the infallible inspired word of God, would simply respond that it's just because that's just the way it is. And they trust what they've been given by men and, and unchristian churches as the, the proper canon. Which, which is fine, by the way. You know, I, I'm okay with that. Uh, you hand somebody a Bible, you've handed them something very valuable. But there have been some that have made it a crime to even ask questions about canon. And that is what I find to be the most terrible. Okay, Is it really wrong to question our canon, to ask how and why it was formed? Is it wrong to continue to debate the books of the Bible? the canon as we know it? Why did the men of the 16th century get to settle the discussion once and for all? Why are they considered the appropriate council? Why can't we decide the canon for ourselves? Why can't we? Is there, is there a law? Is there something in the scriptures that says in the 1600s or in the 1500s and the 1600s men are going to get to determine what the canon is but after that they can't? No, there's nothing in the scriptures that say that. The answer, ironically and astonishingly, is that we all really do determine what the canon is for ourselves. You simply accept what other men have determined for you, or you determine for yourself through your own investigation. Those are the only two possibilities for the determination of canon. And I fall into the latter group. Of people, I I don't accept that the Bible as we know it, the compiled canon, as it were, is the appropriate canon. Simply because uh, John Calvin and the Protestants got together in the 
at, at the Diet of Regensburg and said, okay, this is canon now. No, I, I don't accept it just because of that. And I would say you're foolish to do that uh, if you've had any... Uh, let me rephrase that. Maybe you're not foolish, but I would say it, it can be quite... Let me look for the proper words here. Uh, it can be kind of scary to think that you've just handed everything over to a group of men. And an infallible men, for the, if that were, as it were, okay. And and I don't, I don't accept the so-called canon because John John Calvin says I should, and I don't accept canon because my church does either. The, the scriptures they're self-authenticating, and they don't need an external group of men to make them official. No no creed or confession gives them any validation they they stand alone and and the holy holy spirit he's the one that causes men to heed them or to ignore them all right so you have to ask yourself what i'm, what I'm trying to say is why do you heed the scriptures is it because they were handed in front of you by some holy man or is it because the holy spirit has caused you to believe them okay I, I believe in the absolute authority of our scriptures. They were divinely inspired and they are the word of God. And this goes for the Old and the New Testament. However, there must be room for believers to continue to investigate that which has been disputed for centuries. Uh, for me, I have certain go-to books in the, in the Bible. I, I love the prophets. I love the Pentateuch. I love the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And of course, all of Paul's epistles. They're, they're richly filled with the doctrine of Christ and his gospel. And it is this, this gospel which authenticates these scriptures. From, from Genesis to Revelation, it's clear that Christ is the key to the scriptures. Christ and his gospel. But there are some sections of scripture that may not be that clear to the individual who's reading them. Uh, the book of James, for example, chapter 2, specifically, it's been disputed forever, it seems. Martin Luther originally said he would not have it as part of his Bible, yet he translated it anyway and said it was a good book. Are we now to consider Martin Luther a heretic because he thought so highly of Scripture, because he thought so highly of Christ and his gospel? Well, some would say, yeah. And it's these people I feel sorry for. They've turned a gift of God into a law to bash others over the head with. They've confused church creeds and canon and the Bible, the compilation as it were, with scripture itself. Martin Luther in his 1530 edition of his translation, he added these two sentences to his preface to the end of his preface to the epistle of James. He says, Therefore, I cannot include him among the chief books, him being uh, the epistle of James, though I would not thereby prevent anyone from including or extolling him as he pleases. For there are otherwise many good sayings in him. And that is the right attitude I think we should have. 
Martin Luther, he revered the scriptures and the gospel, but he couldn't come to agreement on the epistle of James. Yeah, the reasons for his uh, uh, opinion on, on James chapter 2 was he, he saw salvation was entirely of grace and salvation was through faith alone. And of course, you know, James in that uh, famous passage says, uh, you, you thought of it was by faith alone, it's faith in works, faith plus works. And, uh, and uh, you know, you got the Reformed translations and you've got people out there, they're still arguing it. Uh, and uh, and it, James had been a disputed book up until that point. And uh, Martin Luther, he didn't even think James, the brother of Jesus, even wrote the book. That's partly why it was disputed. He thought it was pseudonymous. For him, the book should be part of his Apocrypha, one of dubious origin, because it was disputed as to who wrote it. And uh, so it was part of his lower canon, if you will. One... One that could be read and enjoyed, but just not one that spoke of Christ and his gospel. It wasn't a chief book for uh, Martin Luther. And uh, not, you, you may have your disagreements with Mr. Luther, but you should be kind in your judgments. It wasn't until later at the Diet of Regensburg that the Protestants actually finally settled on the book of James as being canon. And that is when they sat down with the Roman Catholics and they agreed that James was no longer considered to be apocryphal. It was no longer of dubious origin. It had been settled by the church, by the Roman Catholic Church, that James was now high canon. And ever since that time, James has been considered high canon. And to even think of Agreeing with Martin Luther will get you labeled by as a heretic by some people. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. So, in, in the end, though, none of this really matters. What matters is that we are found in Christ. If you were stranded on, on an island and all you had was the Book of Romans and the Holy Spirit, <laughs> you would be well fed. <laughs> and uh, those who've never had their sins paid for by Christ they'll never have the key to unlocking the scriptures uh, and uh, they'll never be able to understand them you know if their home their home had was filled with hundreds of bibles and they were read through the scriptures hundreds of times and it's not going to save them the gospel if of christ is given to god's elect and of course it is given through the scriptures but the understanding is through the holy spirit you can't force it. So arguing over canon, really, it's, it's kind of a stupid idea. You know, each man determines for himself what the real canon is. They, they either accept that what is handed to them as canon, or they read the scriptures and determine for themselves that this is indeed canon. Okay? <laughs> only, only God's elect, though, can know the gospel. You, you, can, you can agree on the canon, but not the gospel. What's more important? In heaven, there's not going to be a shrine to the canon of Scripture. It's so easy to turn something into an idol. And yes, we can even turn the Scriptures and the canon itself into an idol. And men have, and they continue to do so today. Christ said in John 5.39, You can search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. 
but they are they which testify of me. Let us continue to be diligent to study the scriptures, continue to ask questions of scripture. Let's stop fighting stupid debates. Let's stop fighting over what's canon and what's not. But let's continue to strive for unity in the gospel, the gospel of our Lord, and 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 not and not strive for unity in adherence to the doctrines of men and church councils. Our unity is not in a detailed confession or creed, but it's in the gospel of Christ. Matthew fifteen eight says, These people draw to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. There are a lot of people that believe in the canon of Scripture, but not the gospel of our Lord. May we continue to study and let us have a canon that is not dictated by councils and creeds of men, but let our canon be that which is, which is authenticated by only one thing, Christ and his gospel. How daring would it be to put down the Bible and read it with Christ as the keystone, and only as the keystone? Do you accept canon because men say you should, or because, wow, it, it makes sense? It speaks of Christ and his gospel. Um, that's about all. Grace and peace.